Hey, let's go, get in here! Let's go. Get in here right now! Get in here! Hey, we got 30 minutes for the rest of our life! Football is the American game. It's a game of contradictions. A game that contains multitudes. Beautiful game. Oh my, what a catch by Fitzgerald. Oh, mercy. And a violent one. Boy, did he unload on him, and that is the danger that you face when you... A game of rebels. Johnny Football. The magicians. Colin Murray showing off the wheels. A game where a young man can risk it all for a chance to live forever. We got 30 minutes! Let's go! For the rest of our lives! For the rest of our lives! Let's go! Let's go! This is football. And football is us. This is the Administration Podcast. Welcome to the playoffs. All right, so I, I was perusing through YouTube. I don't know how I ended up on this video. I think I was working on the intro. You, do you love YouTube rabbit holes? Well, I was working on the intro to find some music for the background, and I stumbled across a Vikings video. They do an in-locker room, like, their, I don't know, their Dude. media staff will put together these funny videos that they post to Twitter. The Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, and one of their defensive linemen normally is the guy with the mic who hosts. And so he posed the question to guys in the locker room, who would you least like to date your sister? And given that we all have sisters. In the in league? In the, league. In the wow. league, I thought I'd pose that question. Man, For feel, the record, feelings are going to get hurt. Why do you think of that? Dude, if you listen, Dusty kicked Lang out of the league last week. We asked him for his league hot take, which we thought was going to be like Luke Ward, but he goes, ah, no offense, bye Lang. <laughs> so Brutal. It, interestingly enough, it was almost unanimous in their locker room, they said, I would not let Stefan Diggs date my sister. And wow. almost everyone, like a lot of guys said Thielen, and then there's this one other guy who I, th- I think plays special teams for them, that they said they would let. I'd want Kirk sister. Cousins, too. Totally. No one said that, though. Wow. No one said that. Maybe he's too religious, maybe. maybe. So do you, got, do you have any square. thoughts so on, for on who I wouldn't want to date my sister? In the league, yeah. In the league. Yikes. I think we're all stand-up gentlemen, so this is a tough... I mean, it would be easy for me to. This would be a cop out. I'd just say my brother. <laughs> that that would be on with your. That'd be on par with your brand. <laughs> Not guessing answers. God, you Man. and your brother, thick as thieves. Letting you your time out, trying to win Jeopardy. <laughs> timing, timing out on this question. Um, gosh, I'm hard pressed. The hood's on this one. I think everyone would be a great catch. Who I would? No, dude, that's not the right answer. I know. Did you have anyone in mind, Bill? Um, so my initial thought, like my initial reaction was actually Dusty. You want one of the day? Well, like the, the the twist is you know how dirty he is. Yeah. He's always juicing. <laughs> the stuff that he would be doing to your sister behind closed oh, doors. God. But he'd also probably be one of the most fun brother-in-laws. But Dusty, sure. Dusty's actually a really good truck. I, that was my initial go-to. 
I've been listening to Dusty Storytime, and I'm thinking about... Who would you want your sister to date most? Mm. I think oh, Humps. I think Mouse. You'd most yeah. want your sister to date yeah. Mally? I mean, just a wholesome guy. Funny. Great to be around. Yeah. I think I'd pick Mally for sure. High I mean, mo- but... High I mean, moral character. Yeah. I'd most want my sister to date Pumps. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bud. Oh my god! Who do you have as least like? I I think Dusty's a really good one. Um, I'd go Port. Okay. I don't want my sister on that many drugs. <laughs> smoke weed Second every hand. day. Secondhand smoke kills. <laughs> smoke weed every day. Uh, you have to say something. I someone. know this is hard. <laughs> this is real hard. Did you ever put it out? I'd say My Fritz because oh. Fritz is not off, oh, not a lead character. <laughs> he doesn't listen, but so we can tear him up, Fritz. Oh, God, I, God, I feel bad picking anyone. I think Pelicans would be great because financially stable. <laughs> he knows how to run a checkbook and stuff. I mean, that I mean, Lang would get you a nice Lang. house, and he'd have the dick to satisfy. Yeah, Lang. Him. Actually, okay, maybe Lang. Let's do Lang because uh, I think he can be cruel. At he times. bought stuff at Peloton. Oh, you're saying I think Lang could be I was, cruel. I was saying Lang would be on the same, like in the same vein. I as think well, Lang has a red room, room, and I don't want my sister. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That's he could true. be. I think he's a sexual deviant. I think, I think he is. <laughs> Ever seen Mindhunter? I, I feel like he'd be a character on that. I think that he crumples Steph's used underwear up and just puts them in his <laughs> mouth. Chomps on him a bit. <laughs> We need to get him on the cast. He there's, refuses. No, there's there's no, controversy. That's unacceptable. I know. He's coming on the cast. I love Lang though, but yeah, sexual deviant. So I'm not sure how we're gonna transition right from there to looking at back the last week of the regular season. Well, you know that we do just that. It's uh, it was the culmination, and here's what I'll say: it, it was a lot of buildup, and it wasn't exciting at all. Was there any excitement that week? I thought Uh, Monday Night Football was pretty exciting. I mean, the idea of it. The game itself was not. I agree. I've never, I I, I don't think I've ever been more pumped for the game, but by the the, the outcome, I mean, we texted each other and we were both, like, super bored watching that. Like, it just, nothing happened. There wasn't even, it would have been more fun if it was, like, a track meet and, like, lock and score a touchdown and, you know. Especially with them on opposing teams, just, like, your drive, your guy getting yeah. sketches, next drive, what does Rudolph do to match? But there was none of that. I just think it was almost like a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> was it exciting at all for the toilet bowl match to you, Bri? Or is it because you know you're going to beat Phil, it doesn't really matter? Yeah, I mean, I certainly wanted to uh, make it a little closer than it was. And um, I wasn't. I, I think it would be more stressful if I knew Phil's team was a little bit stronger. Like could beat you. I yeah. mean, I, I did text Phil this week. I, I kind of have a little... Uh, just inkling that he his team is going to kind of pull it together a little bit at the end of the year. So I, I kind of mentioned to him, like, I, I, I'm a little nervous, not going to lie, now that I'm in it. Starting to get um, nervous, a little yeah, nervy. A little tickle in my tummy. The two weeks is a long time to wait, too. <laughs> it is. I t- he's like, yeah, we got a long time to wait. And I'm like, shoot, we, we do. We is he going to pick up on waivers? We got a couple weeks for injuries. You never know what could happen. It's true. So it was during it this is time when I picked up Damian Williams last year. I, really? I mean, I don't know if you're anybody that happens that some falls mm-hmm. in somebody's lap, but yeah. you did because Darryl I had Williams, Spencer Ware, Damian and Williams. I figured Spencer Ware was playing. He ended up being injured, and Damian yeah. Williams comes mm-hmm. on and, and there you him. go, yeah, yeah. So I think um, you know, for for a lot of the league, it was kind of just an ending, and then I think the seeding was certainly important. But uh, 
playoffs are set, so let's let's cover some of the games that uh, got us to where we're at. All right. Yeah, I'll kick things off. Pumford and Sons um, take over the Green Street Hooligans, leaving the Green Street Hooligans 0-13. Um, that's a tough season for anyone to take, but Pumford cruises to their sixth you victory. You always get the Hoolies. I do get the Hoolies. I, I like... You're in green, so you started <laughs> you started in red, and that's fine. Show sheet. I like to get, uh, I like to get things kicked off, but uh, Green Street finishes 0-13, like I said, secures that 101. The unfortunate thing is that 101 is for the Pelicans, um, and this ties the longest losing streak in league history. Uh, Pumfords will finish with eighth in the league, and their first-round pick will be 105 in the 2020 draft. So plenty of planning for him to do um, with a, a nice draft pick sitting in the, the front half of that first round. Absolutely. And the next one was the matchup uh, between yourself and the Burn Boys for who would uh, get the honors to play Phil in the Toilet Bowl matchup. Burn boys, you can rest easy, even though your calendar's not out yet, and that's a controversy. We have a lot of controversies in the in Goodness the league right now. Gracious. It's insane. Um, Irv Smith Jr. I actually I actually really like Irv Smith Jr. as potential on the Burn boys, but um, three consecutive toilet bowl losses would have been devastating for this franchise, looking to turn around and adjust their culture. So um, they beat a uh, boy king who has a controversy in his own right. With some texts that were sent out by the Burn Boys over the week. What say you about that? Oh man, I thought this was a recap. I'd certainly uh, expand and let in enlighten some folks. But yeah, I think out of context, what I texted um, was a three-week-old message. And I do want to clarify. Of course, I want to lose. Um, did I outwardly try and lose? Uh, absolutely not. Um, but given my circumstance this year. Certainly want to lose um, once we hit kind of week eight. It was just a foregone conclusion that wasn't my year. So absolutely wanted to lose, taken out of context. Do you think there needs to be some digging into roster submissions? Like, you weren't, people might not have seen, like, a quarterback swap in week eight or a running back not being played Throughout in the year, yeah. <laughs> one, one, he said it was deep. week eight was where we started. Maybe we need to look back at who we started. and If Blake Jarwin kind of slid his way in there yeah. or uh, oh, what, what went down, yeah, there, there needs to be a roster watch committee for sure. Um, but the witch hunt. <laughs> certainly on brand. I think we'll have to come back to this in a minute. The last game, um, or the third game, not the last game, but uh, the Rovers scooted by the Koalas. They ended up finishing 8-5. and five. Got a little momentum heading into the playoffs. The Koalas finish the year 4-9. Uh, they end up, due to tiebreakers, finishing 10th in the league. Good for the third overall pick in 2020. Do you want me to do this next one? Yeah. Next up, we have Cloud9 Lives uh, over the greenhouse. Cloud9 Lives clinches that number one overall seed um, with the 16-point win pick. over the greenhouse. That's a Michigan pick. Um, that W marks three straight victories heading into the playoffs for a red-hot Cloud9 Lives team. On the flip side, greenhouse still gets a bye despite the loss with a head-to-head win over the Pelicans, Humpty, and Godfather. Unbelievable. All right, Humpty gets the win over the Pelicans. Both these teams trending downward as they enter the playoffs. A reverse jinx was attempted on Twitter by Pat, but much like mo- most things in his life, he couldn't pull it off. As uh, Edelman's garbage time touchdown and, and digs on Monday night was enough for the win. Humpty gets the number three seed in the playoffs and will face the Rovers, which we can talk about the bracket later, but I think the bracket certainly turns one way, with one being the Albert Division wildcard and the other being the two stronger of the teams. Um, we'll get to that later. 
That's a perfect transition into the final matchup, all about the Albert last week. Uh, it was slated to be the game of the week. I think it still was. Heated trash talk took it to the next level. A lot of back and forth on Twitter, a lot of stuff in the league chat. Um, and it ultimately came down to Lockett versus Rudolph, plus a five-point lead going into Monday night. For the first time all year, Lockett was held without a single catch. The godfather was able to push the margin to 20 by the end of the game. Just the second time in league history the Bergs have ever missed the playoffs. Uh, he's never been worse than 6-7. and seven. Quite the outlier uh, this year. Goff and Woods, of course, combined for the best game of the year. <laughs> and he threw to Woods 19 times. 19. I've never 15. seen you happier. 19. A lot of giggling over there. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds never, me of, Are you on staff? It reminds me of the Burn Boys a little bit because as soon as he was not in the toilet bowl, man, despite any controversy, he was all kinds of confidence talking about... Oh, it doesn't matter. He's, he's done all the things he needs to do. There was never a deadline. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. I yeah. Think, I think we need Heck to think about some things. Heck of a year, guys. Group, yeah. I know it's a regular season. We're on to this playoffs. But don't rush us out of this. Don't rush us out of this. Look at him trying to say This is unbelievable. I want to dig into... Actually, I want to dig into the Godfather's payroll because I think that there is... I think Brian's on staff. I also... Some of the shit that he pulled throughout this year, luck will not line up like this in the future. This team will, will return back to mediocrity. I want to realize, man, the way I feel in me. tell you what I mean the team is terrible anytime that you're starting running back scores four points and you get you get crap out of the wide receiver position and you you choose to start Jared Goff who didn't have a touchdown in all of November and you start Jared Goff and all of a sudden he has 400 yards in the first half that's unfucking believable and that has nothing to do with owner management or skill or anything of the like I love that he traded away all of his draft picks to remain mediocre because guess what losing in the first round of playoffs does for you bud nothing <laughs> That brings us oh, right wow. into the, uh, the Burn Boys, or not the Burn Boys. That brings us right into the Buffalo Bergs, who were eliminated last week. Let's but inject some positivity win. in this. Yeah, they did win go. something. There we go. Phil loses in Survivors. The Redskins pull off a victory against the Panthers. He also attempted a reverse jinx yes. when the game was still going. And then Malley loses because the Bengals lost to the Jets, but Bergs prevails. Green Bay over the New York Giants last week. Big victory. Secure side game. Have you have you ever won a side game before? I think I won a Survivor early, early on. Yeah. But um, no, not in a long time. I feel so. like you're in it all the time. Yeah, I like Survivor. I'm much better at Survivor than I am Pick'em, and I don't know why that is because no. I don't know. Speaking of side game wins, yeah, BK wins another week. You went eight <coughs> of thirteen weeks as Incredible. the champion. I wish we could keep going. You were hundred and fifteen correct picks out of hundred and ninety two possible games. Oh my god. Sixty percent. 
I think we've talked about it on the show. If you get above fifty six in Vegas terms, you're you gotta let Brit let you put some money down. Metric. You need a bookie. <laughs> hundred percent. I mean, she was pretty happy. I, I made my money back for this year. And, and next. Through I mean, that? Yeah, I think I made Dude. over 300. Like 320 or something like that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And last but not least, you won again. Hayden's golden boot. Wow, you get yeah. a fifth. Yeah. More, more one, victories this year. 121 total kicker points. You had two weeks of back-to-back 14 points. You got me by two, and I think you got pumps by about six. Is there a trophy associated? I know I get it. some whiskey, right? Is there? That a, is, you'll get a that's fit. a trophy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. And uh, that kind of wraps up side game. So we have a playoff bracket to go through. Anything jump out to you guys looking at the playoff bracket? Yes. What is it? How weak the number five seed team is. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this is uh, the best six seed record we've ever had. We've yep. only had a 7-6 and six team in the 6th spot one time. It seems like in the old format, you'd have an under 500 team almost mm-hmm. every year. Well, I think we, we brought it up. I don't know if I brought it up on Twitter or, or not, but I, we were kind of always giving Godfather some stick about being under 500 in all play. And the last two years, there were three teams in each year, so six teams the last two years, went into the playoffs under 500. And there was a team in each of the two years be, mm-hmm. behind that, too. And I think the new setup with the divisions will probably eliminate a lot of that. I think so. Um, so Godfather, so all the playoff teams had at least seven weeks above league average scoring. Godfather only had four. Correct. I think, I think that's Yeah, correct. that was tweeted out earlier this week. That is correct. Um, so I've kind of said it all along, though. This is, this is kind of the, I mean, the secret, not even the secret, but this is how fantasy kind of works. You do draft well, you do manage well, but ultimately it does come down to quite a bit of luck. I mean, there is a, there's a lot of skill involved in the fantasy game, but there is, is something to say about luck. I think there's been some teams in this room right here that have had more luck than others, not necessarily more skill, and that's what churns out championships sometimes. So though Godfather hasn't really produced, I still think he's in the mix. Um, on paper doesn't look great, but there's something about maybe that team that's got to be the weakest nine it's and four team ever. It's unbelievable. Well, you look at like a, just a team like Pumps to piggy off, right. piggyback off your yeah. point. Yeah. If he had Humpty Hump's schedule, he would have been eleven and two. He would have had the bye week. He would have been the number yeah, one that's seed. Insane. And you never know like how yeah. that works out. And then uh, Humpty Humps had uh, he has a good record too, but he didn't have many points against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, he had the easiest schedule yeah. of anybody. Um, so Interestingly I, enough, when we talk about the matchups, he hasn't had that many super high scores. Mm-hmm. And the Godfather, on the flip side, he's had four weeks above the league average for the week, but three out of the four were the highest score of the week, which is interesting, I think. It is. I, I, I think when I look at this, I think it sets up really nicely for Cloud9. I think that Greenhouse is also a team that maybe under-manages sometimes, and, and to be honest with you, it... it I spend so much time putting you know in it, and I know a lot of guys do. It makes me question if that's not something to look at because it laying under manages, and he's been consistent. I mean, he's yeah. been all right, mm-hmm. like, and so. But I do see his team getting upset. I do. I think. I think if I were making a prediction, I'd say Cloud Nine versus the winner of Humps or Rovers. I think the question yeah. with Greenhouse is, no. he has those three receivers that have been producing this year with Chark and Kirk and. Uh, AJ Brown, but can they sustain consecutive weeks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he got the bye, so he doesn't have to try to do it three weeks in a row. But 
he only has to do it two, and that's still a lot to ask, I think, out of those three players. So that that's really the only question mark for me with him. Um, greenhouse roundout seating wise, too. Bergs, you were seventh. Um, Pumps was eight. Uh, Burn boys were nine. Quality kills were ten. BK, you're eleven, and Phil yeah. twelve. So yeah. that sets the draft picks going into next year. Anything mm-hmm. on the books for you? What do the next two weeks look like in terms of thinking about the toilet bowl? Anything out of the ordinary? Yeah, I mean, just kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's just hopeful for no injuries. Um, this is the time. I mean, feeling like this was kind of inevitable um, halfway through the season. Things just weren't working out. Um, I, I wasn't too nervous, to be honest. I'm going up against Phil. Phil's not putting up over 80 points. I just, like I said, luck. Anything can happen. Injuries can happen. I'm really concerned about... Um, the next couple of weeks someone big going down or um some guys not playing because uh, of nagging injuries so that's what i'm worried about i'm worried about some freak uh happening week 16 and uh having to make the calendar never so, know you, you never really know. don't well that kind of wraps up we have got a repeat jeopardy segment we've got the champ coming back after this and we've got a few other new things Woo. i think some podcast staples for the off season all right let's go so we're back we're uh we're running jeopardy back we had so much fun last time we brought the champion back from last week with negative 1200 it won't it won't carry over you'll start at zero but we got uh, the full squad of the admin here, boys. Are you ready for this? I'm very ready. It's we've good got, to be back. We've already had a good cast so far. Uh, let's go through the categories. So get, same setup last time, one, two, and 300. There's a daily double, which we missed last time. It automatically filled in, but I didn't play the sound, so you didn't know it was happening. Um, <clears throat> but we have six categories, three in each. We have week by week, bridesmaids, playoff goats of the decade. We are the champions, points four, and ageism. Mally, with you being the reigning champion, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, I would like to go, we are the champions for $200, please. Okay. These two teams have won back-to-back championship appearances. Mally. Uh, who are the Rovers and Phil? Oh. BK. So there's two teams here? Correct. Uh, I think it's Rovers and me. Boy King. Correct. Almost timed it out. Sorry. Damn it. I'm getting used to First question, Jitters. Yeah, B- I know. You asked a question <laughs> of the host. B- okay. B- Clarifying. BK, what, where would you like to go? Um, I would like to take this We Are the Champions uh, 100. Two organizations have three championships each. This owner slash organization has the next most with two championships. Ben. Who is Phil? Correct. Uh, Very nice. We have we have two correct answers back to back. I don't know what's uh, happening right now. <laughs> ben. Let's round out the category. We are the champions for three. Okay. Daily double. <laughs> Daily double. All right. This team has been to the championship once and the toilet bowl once, winning both appearances. Is it me? 
automatically because it's daily double, or how does that work? Yeah, you you're the only person that that can answer. Okay. Wager. I was gonna. Buzz yeah, it. you got a wager. Wager. Oh, I wager it all. So you wager a hundred, yeah. which is all you have. So, um, you have the question is: This team has been to the championship once and the toilet bowl once, winning both appearances. Who is Pat Fiedler? Correct. Nice. Woo-hoo. You're up to seven hundred, Ben. Let's uh, go ageism for one. That's an insurmountable deficit. <laughs> <laughs> this running back is the youngest rostered rookie in the MSU SCFL. Ben. Who is Miles Sanders? Incorrect. Youngest. Mally. Is it Patrick Laird? I don't even have a guess. I don't know who's super young. The answer is actually Josh Jacobs. Oh, that's too easy. Too easy. That was like right in front of us. So he's 21. The next youngest are Nikhil Harry, um, Fant, and then Murray. So all within the K family. All right, Ben, where would you like to go next? Let's go ageism too, please. This running back at 29 years old is the only running back in the top 12 older than 25. Ben. Who is Mark Ingram? Dang Correct. Thought he was thirty. <laughs> ben is at eight hundred. <laughs> Where are we going next? We're gonna finish out ageism for three. Michael Thomas has the most targets of any receiver in the NFL. This thirty-three-year-old has the second most targets going into week thirteen. BK. Uh, Julian Edelman. Correct. Ooh, nice. We are on our game here tonight. So we've rounded out We Are the Champions and Ageism. We have the other four categories, all the questions. Um, I'd like to go to Bridesmaids for 100, please. Okay. These two teams have finished runner-up three times. Mally. Uh, who would be the Bergs and the Humps? Okay. Correct. <laughs> You're inching towards the positive numbers. Mally, where would you like to go next? Uh, let's go Bridesmaids for two, please. What two organizations or owners have never been to the championship game? BK. Um, Pumford and... Darn it. I'm going to lose this one. Uh, Cam. Incorrect. You're almost timed out, but incorrect. Mally. Uh, who would be Pumford and Andy? Oh, oh Dusty, Dusty's been to one. Yeah. Cam's I know. been to one. I was stuck on that second one. All right, Matt, <laughs> where are we going? Uh, let's finish up the category, please. Bridesmaids for 300. Two teams have scored less than 100 points in the championship game. The Humpty Humps scored 94 in 2015, and this team scored the lowest ever, 85 in 2008. Be- uh, BK. Uh, Abby's Army. Correct. Wow. What are you looking at? You got a screen up? Nope. Nope, nope. <laughs> Check my tabs. Check I was worried as well. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's give an update. We have three categories that are uh, done. Bridesmaids, We Are the Champions, and Ageism. Ben leads with 800. BK is second with 600. And Mally is dead even at zero. BK. Uh, yeah, let's do uh, week by week for 300, please. Wow, going big. Wow, wow James Halshauser. Wow. <laughs> Five teams have had the weekly high score in the first 13 weeks. Four of them are the Huacachina Rovers, Godfather, Pelicans, and Cloud9 Football Club. Who is the fifth team? Ben. Who is Pumford and Sons? Incorrect. Mally. 
Who would be Green, uh, the greenhouse I never knew? Incorrect. Oh, fuck. No way. Um, I'm just going to stay, stay here. Oh, my God. Wow, timing out. That's Conservative. Really Good radio. Good radio. <laughs> Where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. He's not even <laughs> All right, the answer is actually the Buffalo Birds. Oh, oh wow. I assumed I was already listed. All right, uh, BK, I think you're... Uh, let's do again week by week 200. This team is the only squad to have the highest score of the week and the lowest score of the week at least once this year. Mally. Uh, would it be the Rovers? Incorrect. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, myself, Boy King. Incorrect. Mm. You've never had the highest score. Mm. <laughs> 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 Unnecessary jam. Are we going to time out? No, I got it. Buzz okay. okay. Uh, who are the Pelicans? Correct. Mm. All right, Ben. Uh, is that category done? No, we've week by week for 100. Let's do that. Okay. Please. This team has been above the weekly average score 8 of 13 weeks, but has a below 500 record. Ben. Who is Pumford and Sons? Correct. That's a good one. Someone's been following MSUSCFL on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got week by week done. We have playoff goats of the decade, all of them, or points for all of them. Let's go playoff goats of the decade, 100. In 2017, this running back, who is now 25, scored eight touchdowns and had 591 yards from scrimmage, scoring 45 points in week 15, 49.6 points in week 16. However, he has he was not rostered on a team that made the playoffs in our league that year. Ben. No idea. I clicked way too early. <laughs> <laughs> he was not rostered on a team that made the playoffs that year. I thought it was going to be Derrick Henry, but it is not. Oh, I think he was rostered, the guy that I'm thinking of. Just on a team that made the playoffs. Like, he was on a team. No, no, I know. All right. All right, the answer is actually Todd Gurley. Oh, I thought it was James Conner for a second, but... Okay, uh, I think it's Ben. Yeah, let's go 200 in that same category, please. Right. Goats of the decade. This wide receiver had the best playoff performance of the decade in 2014. His rookie year with 31 <laughs> catches, 421 yards, and six touchdowns in the last three weeks for a total of 109.1 points in the fantasy playoffs. BK. DeAndre Hopkins? What year did you say it was? 2014. Oh, 14. Who is Odell Beckham Jr.? Correct. Mm. Was that the same year they were it was both our, rookies together? It was our last year before Dynasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's go 300 in that same category, please. And Zeke is just getting fed right now. This former Big Ten quarterback had the best playoff performance of the decade in 2011 with 11 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards in the last three weeks of our fantasy weeks for 101.2 points during the playoffs. BK. Tom Brady. What year? 2011. Dang it. Ben. Who is Drew Brees? Oh, man. All right, we have one category left. Mally's at negative 500, BK's at negative 100, and Ben's at 1,200. Dang. Wow, it's a runaway. Points for for 100, please. Only two teams have averaged below 100 points per week during the Dynasty era, the 2019 Green Street Hooligans and this team. Ben. I know it's wrong, but I have a huge lead. The fucking Godfather. 
<laughs> Incorrect. It was worth it. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty. Malik. Uh, I would say, is Cloud9 the first year that we did Dynasty? Correct. Oh, nice. Correct. Malik, points for, for two, 200 or 300? Uh, let's go for three. This team has had the biggest drop in points for from the first half of the year to the second half, scoring nearly 30 points less per game. Ben. Who is Wakachina Rovers? What? Is that me? I'm pretty sure it's incorrect. Yeah, BK. Uh, myself, Boy King. Correct. They got to be close. Uh, they have to be close. I didn't rerun the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Mally can probably back us up because they're his stats, so I'm amazing. amazing wasn't that, that was tweeted, wasn't it? Yeah. Mally, those are your yeah. stats. Um, you want me to tell you that answer right now? Yeah, who yeah. had the bigger drop-off? Uh, Boy King was 31, Rovers was 26, uh, Pelicans 24. Perfect. Okay. So I cool. didn't change it, but it worked yeah, out. Yeah. All right, uh, BK, Glass. points four for 200. Yeah, let's just round it out. In the Dynasty era, this team has averaged 11 points more per week than anyone else with 141 points per week over the four point, you know, nine years. BK. Rovers. Incorrect. Mally. Humps. Correct. Nice. You're at negative 200. BK's at zero and Ben is at 800. Uh, a bit. Final factile time. As we said, the rules are made up. Points don't matter. I'll give you guys uh, the ability to, to guess 100. Okay. Oh, shit. Well, then I changed my 799. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just play. This will be fun. All right. So this is going to be a bit different than normal. Instead of giving you a question, everybody writing down an answer in the same way, we're going to do it, um, what's the show we were just talking about? Price is Right style. Yeah. Okay? So you'll understand, I, you're going to have to guess the ranking of this player in the current stats in fantasy, and if you guess higher than the player is actually is, like if you if he's ranked, you know, 30th and you guess anywhere above that mm -hmm. and it's wrong, even if you're the closest, you don't win. Does so it's like sense? Price is Right meets Jeopardy. Yeah. Okay, so okay. we got to be close. I'll explain it after the question. So the question is, David Montgomery was predicted by the Oracle to be the <laughs> running back one in 2019 <laughs> during the first podcast of the year. Guess his current ranking based on total points for the year, not average ranking per week. The closest to his ranking will win without guessing a ranking higher than he actually is. And higher would be a like, lower like number. A like lower if you number. guessed he was running back one when truly he was running back two. I saw a stat on this too. Do we just type our answer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, think I, I think I know exactly what it is. It's higher than Dante Pettis. He's in the 400s. Dante Pettis hasn't sniffed a catch. Alright, everybody's submitted. Let's start with Mally. Mally guessed 22. And I don't know how much you wagered. 100. Hundred. DK guessed 29. And Ben guessed 35. The correct answer, I believe, is 20. Mally. Oh, he finished oh, wow. as a 20th ranked running back. So Mally RB2. ends up getting a, 100. But Ben, I believe you win either way. Yay! Oh, man. All right. That was fun. That was fun. Mally, it was good to have you on again. Any parting thoughts for the cast? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to winning another championship. Get oh, home. Get home. Get home. 
See ya. See ya. Addicted to those crazy hips And vodka that'll hit the floor If the way she moves around the world You say You could say I should have known Why you do these things Got me fucked up all alone And staring down the string Got me racing to the phone And nervous while I think I should probably wait till morning You got me so alone Think about that. The year he won. Hey. Hey, what's up? What's up? Here, let me just show you your best friend over here. Hey, Mr. <laughs> Benjamin. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> what's up? What's up? BK's phone's dying. I'm gonna set you down just so it's close to the mic. Alright. What What are uh, Kenny and Matilda doing watching this? Paw Patrol. Yeah, we got some Paw Patrol fired up. Nice. Solid. Wow, raring start to the Feel Good Friday question. <laughs> hey, it's not officially there. It doesn't need to be officially there. We 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 got a lot of butt hurt in this basement office studio tonight. Yeah, he, I bet. Well, mainly, mainly just one butt hurt, right? Ben, do you have any uh, questions off the top for? Him? So, Andy, what are your plans for your future with knowing that your team's stuck in mediocrity? <laughs> mediocrity. I mean, this, uh, you're you're this you're first the playoffs here. So when we look at like overall points for, and we look at all the things that luck doesn't play a part in, you know, you're not going to have another season where everything goes your way. So what does a team do knowing that you're stuck in between kind of a rebuild and maybe trying to make put another push? Yeah, I mean, well, I think with a rebuild showing it, it can pay off even in in between, right? We're in that that group. I was fighting for the final playoff spots, so we uh, we were able to push through and get one of those this year. Next question. I advocated for having you on next Thursday when you would be off so we could talk more offseason. Um, you wouldn't have the distraction of this inevitable loss pending. So I wanted to talk to you next week because I think we'd get some more authentic answers because you're still in this illusion that you're going to do anything in the playoffs. Sorry, can you repeat your question? I just watched Allen Robinson score a touchdown, but I don't think he's playing this week. Oh, no. Here's what I'm doing for you. Here's what I'm doing for you. I'm going to keep track of your score and my score, and it's going to show how great my team is versus your team. And I'm so excited that we get to be in the same division for years to come because I've got players, young players trending upward. No, it's all fun. I mean, yeah, I guess you look at the win-loss record and where that sits. It kind of speaks for itself. Jared Goff's who I'd want to tie my boat to. Or Baker. Both those guys are consistent. It sounds like you're holding up pretty well, man. <laughs> it was going really well until we started talking. Uh, I'm going to get a refill. <laughs> Andy, anything on the in the plans, in the works for this week? Anything you're thinking about? Where's the what? You don't have to tell us what the decision you make is, but do you have any big decisions to make? Uh, well, the Josh Jacobs do not play two in a row. That's not that exciting for me right now. I mean, it's kind of a toss between Goff and Baker. I'll kind of see what feeling at the end of the week. But other than that, I think I ride kind of the guys that got me here at this point and see how it plays out. Is uh, how does Thielen look? Is he trending towards playing? 
Uh, it sounds like it's iffy, so I'm not counting on him. Okay. Is he in your lineup right now? No. Thankfully, this week, most of my guys are playing Sunday, so I've got some time. Thanksgiving week. There's some stress there with Galladay and if Thielen was going to play and who should I start. Yeah, it's kind of made the right call. It's, it's kind of rough with Thielen being on Monday Night Football last week because you don't know and you have to make the decision before you have an option to change it, really. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think if anything for my team, it's getting a little bit more depth, right? It's yeah. Like, so you are you looking Galladay Woods Brown? You yeah. Don't, you yeah. don't have to disclose everything if you don't want to. We can cut it out too. Oh, it's, it's out there. It's, it's out actually, there. it's actually, it's on brand with what Andy does because <laughs> he went with this cheap strategy to try and like change his starters all the time. Classless organization. <laughs> What was awesome is I only did that for Ben, so it was pretty fun. Classless. Wait, so I didn't even think about it. Are you Are you playing Montgomery? I didn't look at the no. lineup. No, no, I kept I was uh last minute when I saw Jacobs might be his shoulder and see what's up, I almost throw him in, but um I think my emergency plan would be activate Darwin Thompson. Okay, but they I Daryl Williams and Damien are not playing. LaShawn didn't look that good, so he might get a lot of run this week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's all going to come out Sunday for us. All right, all right. So, Andy, obviously we've grown up in the same family. I, I kind of know a lot about you more so than uh, everyone in the league, but one of the things that I'm most curious about that I don't even know if I could answer this question, uh, <laughs> what's your biggest fear? Biggest fear? Uh, I honestly have a fear of drowning. Oh, really? Scared to death. Of, I think that would be my worst way to go out. So that's my fear, which is funny because I went like sky, scuba diving and like even going through the whole process is still like in the back of your head. Okay. Dang. The right. fear of like, yeah, being 30, 40 feet underwater and, yeah. Okay. Nice, quick, to, yeah. honest answer. Somebody's got to throw you a softball down the middle. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. What, what's the biggest regret from college and what would you say is your favorite memory from college? Uh, favorite memory, man, there's some good ones. Um, Probably one of my favorite memories, mostly freshman year, but I would say the best one was the uh, Michigan State-Michigan game when Duckett caught that pass at the last second. Um, I was in the student section. It was my freshman year, just going wild. I swear I like ended up about 30 rows different, you know, further down the, than I was when I was watching the game. I had no idea what happened, but that was probably one of my favorite moments. Um, I mean, but there was a couple Final Fours in there, too, so it was pretty fun. I'd say overall Spartan sports are probably a favorite memory. And then... Biggest regret? Um, I don't know, man. They did pretty. College was pretty fun. Um, I mean, everyone could say they wish they got more tail, maybe. So I'll go with that. How did you meet your wife? I don't know the background there. Yeah, we met out uh, out here in Denver. So she grew up in Iowa, went to University of Iowa. Uh, and we had some common friends out here, uh, and then we kind of met about three years before we started dating. Uh, I think we were messing around with other people at the time, and then kind of just said, you know things connected at the same time and we went on a date and yeah the rest of the history six years later and two kids so Dang. you're locked in now yep i uh, got a question if uh you were running a 40 yard dash right now what's your time <laughs> uh six two <laughs> i think you could beat rich eisen to be honest i think you could beat david montgomery because he's slow as shit oh lordy <laughs> So we asked this, uh, we started the pod off with this question. Um, I was watching a video on YouTube about, in the, uh, let me start that over again. I was watching a video on YouTube 
Uh, it was a little Vikings locker room video that they put together for social media. And the question was, who in on the team would you least like to date your sister? The answer that everyone was giving was Stefan Diggs for least want to date your sister. Most want kept being Adam Thielen. And if you're thinking about guys in the league, who would you least like to date your sister? And if you say your brother, it's a complete cop-out. So you have to give a better answer than that. Oh, in our league. Um, probably Pumford. Who would you? Hearing some of his stories he shared about Kristen. Who would you most be okay with dating your sister in the league? Uh, probably Lang. He seems gentle. <laughs> That's the opposite of what I said. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably a little bit of wild card, you know, with his red room and also. Yeah, exactly. Um, another one that I'm curious about: weirdest pet peeve. I don't know if it's weird, but I have a pet peeve of, like, some bad driving. You mm. get easy road rage. Just awful drivers. Uh, I think the biggest thing of driving is, like, in Colorado, we have pretty long, like, merge lanes. Everyone, for whatever reason, feels like they have to merge as soon as possible. Um, when there's, like, a half-mile mile to merge. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. What's your commute like in Denver? Oh, it depends. So most of my clients are all over town, so it can be anywhere from... 20 minutes to 40 minutes oh, on okay. average. Okay, so it bounces around. What's a, what's a trade you most regret in the league? Honestly, I haven't made too many. Um, there really hasn't been too many trades that I've made that to, to regret any of them. Um, Is there any player that you really wish was still on your team? Honestly, how Odell's playing right now? No, I'm not too concerned. I think that, that trade ended up working out pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got like, some real you know, great pieces. <laughs> they were good enough to get some wins this year, I guess. It's a long play, Andy. It's a long play. <laughs> Berg, do you have any uh, questions springing to mind? What uh, What do the next two years look like for your squad? Next year, well, I don't have a first next year, so we're going to have to kind of manage around that a little bit. Do you have a second? Uh, I do have a second. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have to hope some of these rookies continue to develop. Like, uh, I don't think the Oracle's prediction on David Montgomery is going to really pan out this year. Hey, he's an RB2, though, boys. RB2. He's doing okay. I need some offensive line help uh, out of the Bears. Um I think, you know, I've got some depth, uh, some younger players. So I think continue to do that, probably add some veterans and make some moves, uh, make some runs at it. I think that's probably going to be the, the next next two years. So how do I trade maybe some of those picks for players? Wide receiver or running back more of a need? Uh, probably wide receiver. Yeah. Getting some top or top-tier wide receivers. I think Jacobs is going to be good. He's a solid workhorse. Um, probably need to find that RB2 for my team. It's kind of a hodgepodge. I mean, Eckler's been pretty good from a PPR perspective, but don't know if that'll sustain. Yeah, me either. Just to twist the knife a little bit, <laughs> if, uh, if Robert Woods hadn't had 19 targets last week and you hadn't made the playoffs, would you have been feeling different about that trade for a first for Robert Woods, or are you still okay with it going forward? Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, he's underperformed a little bit from what I'd hoped with that first, but at the end of the day, uh, 
that one gave me up for it all right there. I mean, trading for Goff and for Woods. That and John Brown having it the most, the only time he's ever broken 30 points in his career in Week 11. That was neat. <laughs> Not salty at all. Um, no, there's no salt. Actually, I'm yeah, looking I mean, forward to... I appreciate my team showed up to, to take down Burger. That's, I'm actually looking forward to the NFL draft because Buffalo's going to, like, your players are just going to get usurped because Buffalo's going to draft a WR1 and John Brown will go into nowhere land. It's just going to be, it's going to play out. So we got to ask everybody, what's the longest you guys have gone without having sex non-pregnancy related? Non-pregnancy, gosh, I mean, longest ever, probably like two months. Two right. three. Yeah. yeah, cool. There's been some dry spells even within six years of marriage, but for sure, serviceable. Yeah, everyone's answer just like makes me feel more okay oh, yeah, because yeah. I was like planning on lying about mine <laughs> until I heard everyone else's, and I'm like, I like have this pressure. I have this weird pressure I put on like all my buddies are having sex every week night. I gotta have sex. No, I mean with kids it changes. <laughs> yeah. It's just I think that's yeah. an excuse. If you would ask me the first couple of years of marriage, it'd been a little bit different then. Oh, yeah. Alright, uh, another question You walk into a bar, who's the buddy Or league member you want uh, Behind you, you gotta pick one um, In a bar fight In a bar fight Let's see. You almost have to say me Because I was with you when you, I was you just only thinking, had that fight <laughs> That's kind of why I thought of the question I'd probably help the other guy I mean, I'd probably go Mally because he's the biggest There you go Alright Okay, so who's the team, regardless of the playoff and the seeding in the bracket, who's the team you least want to see if you make it to the Momo? Uh, Niner. You. Yeah. Yeah. Hands up. Yeah, you sure. have the most potential. Who, um, who would you most like to see if you got to pick any of the teams? Um, I want to show, uh, Lang would be great to see you again. Yeah. Well, if you know. could uh, swap rosters with anyone uh, moving forward, whether it's this year or next year for um, dynasty purposes, who are you swapping rosters with? Uh, I think I'd go Niner again. Making, me, yeah, the, making me blush this, over here. The biggest stack top to bottom. I have no picks, though. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you, what do you need to pick up? Like, what position do you need? There's always something. He's always likes, he likes to tinker. He does. His roster will look so different next year. <laughs> Just break it down and start over again. All right, last and final one. This is a big one for me. I already know the answer in my head. Both of us enter a room, locked door. Who's coming out? Who's coming out alive? Are you kidding me? It's not even a question. <laughs> I agree myself too. All right. What's, <laughs> wait, wait. What's the strategy? With Brian? Yeah. Just brute force. That kid's a toothpick. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen us in our street hockey days. I just, oh, like, please. threw him into the grass. Oh, please. <laughs> Couldn't touch me on the ice. ice hockey in the backyard, just pushing him in the snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Amazing. Uh, well, awesome. we loved having you on. Glad it's yeah, it was me, too long for having you. Hopefully uh, we didn't keep you away from your kids too long. Good luck with bedtime. No, they're, uh, they're not screaming at each other too much, so we, we're good. Nice. Let's work. All right. Good, good luck this year, Andy. See ya. See ya.
Alright, fellas, we are back, and um, as the playoffs are upon us, I don't want to shift fully, but the such is Dynasty, we get the joy of looking ahead, too, and I want to introduce a segment that we will have um, from now until different off-season dates, but I also th- think I'm excited for the off-season cast. People aren't thinking about that, but we're going to have a live cast during some of the Combine. We're going to have a cast during the draft. Like It's going to be great. Um, now that we have the routine, now that we have... It can't be football season only. No. It's too good We've for got us the too. equipment. We're going to have a Masters cast, like a Thursday mass oh, of the Masters cast. Oh, you're killing me with that. Like, it's going to be... That. It's going to be good. We're going to have a spring break edition. Well, and the, this time of the year is when college football regular season is wrapping up, so players are starting yeah. to declare for the draft. Yep. So this segment is going to be who's declared, and we're going to profile, just a quick profile on a couple people coming up. Um, and today we're going to profile a, a hot name, two hot names that are projected to be anywhere in the first two rounds, definitely top 20 dynasty assets. Um, the first is a junior out of the University of Colorado, LaVisca Chenault, um, and he declared this week, and that was big time because he is a big body and he's got speed. So for those of you that don't know, he's six foot two, 220. He has versatility because he has been a ball carrier for the Buffaloes um, of Colorado as well as a catcher. His breakout age was young. It was as a sophomore when he led the NCAA in catches and had over 1,000 yards receiving with six touchdowns. He was an All-American. He had out three games this year for injury, but big playability. Can do it from anywhere on the field. Um, Bill, I know you know a little bit about him. Love LaVisca Chennault. One-on-one <coughs> nightmare. He can take the top off the defense he's dynamic with the ball kind of like a Debo if he catches like short tunnel screens that kind of thing uh he's been in he's got a couple freak injuries the last two years that have kept him from being that household Judy type of name but yeah he's unbelievable I love seeing dreads coming out of the the helmet as well that's always a favorite for me he's got a good swag yeah big time um and he he plays out west so not as many people hear about him his games can be kind of late his team's not that good so um, but dirt, certainly a dual threat and, and absolutely can be all over the field. Almost like a, a Percy Harvin meets a better wide receiver. If I, I'm not trying to transition off that at all. I was just thinking of a question in my head as you were talking. How many of the 12 league members do you think know what breakout age refers to? I'm trying to think if I know. Um... <laughs> I'm being honest. I love, I love it. It's a safe place. I mean, obviously you want uh, the younger breakout age. Isn't it something along the lines of um, acquiring so many stats before a certain age? It's just essentially like the lower how, age is how much, better. like the percentage of You're um, in a certain percentage. Yeah. yeah. Like how much of your team younger. yardage is dedicated to you? You break some you. percentage yeah. thresholds. So like at, 23 per, at or a certain age. Uh, threshold, 23% of the target share is yours and or something like that. Normally with wide receivers especially, if you break out freshman year mm-hmm. and continue that, You're that's, insane. That's, a, that's probably as strong of an indicator as anything else. Yeah. Of long-term success. Of, yeah, yeah, long-term NFL success. So like the younger the breakout you age, the be better. Younger. So yeah, Kenny Galladay was actually an um, aberration because he had such a late breakout age mm-hmm. and he was at a small school. And if you're at a small school, they actually factor in that you should be more dominant. And he wasn't. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that he's a deep ball threat because he's slow. Yeah. But he's good on the and ball, like, so... That's one of the reasons Nikhil Harry was like out and out the number one yeah. wide receiver last year is because his breakout age and a kind of a weak class. 
Um, I still think he's gonna be good, but that was the that was the reason was the reason the reason, the reason he was so far ahead of most people. Yeah, that's true. And I'm assuming you guys are using PlayerProfile.com. Is that what you're? Using? You can't or use it for college player, but um, but like, for NFL, yeah, NFL. That's where you can yeah. get all that with the comparisons and stuff. That's a great yeah. uh, that's a great site. I love Matt Kelly. Um, the second player that we're gonna profile today is another junior wide receiver, another um, top twenty dynasty asset. He's a junior um, from TCU, Jalen Rager, and he declared this week as well. And he led the Horn Frogs this season with forty three catches for six hundred and eleven yards. Um, he had five touchdowns. He's one of the nation's most dominant punt returners as well. Averaged over twenty yards in attempt, finishing with two touchdowns in the punt return game. He's only one of two returners nationally to do that. Um, he averaged 24 and a half um, yards on kickoff in his three years down at TCU. He's five, he's under six foot, five yeah. foot eleven, 195. Um, he leads the Horn Frogs, um, top ten in their history for receiving, sixth in catches and second in touchdowns. Up and down year, junior year, he's on this list again because he's uh, one that had a sophomore year breakout when he had 72 catches for um, 1,061 yards, and it was second in a single season TCU record. So. Because he blew up as a sophomore, kind of had a shaky junior year, but he's a projected first-round NFL pick, which if you're going to be a first-round NFL pick, then you're certainly high up on the dynasty draft boards as well. His combine should be good because he's posted a 4.4140 already and has a 38-inch vertical. So those numbers will get a little bit better, and he's added 15 pounds of muscle, so he could go sub-4.3. He's an absolute freak. Give me a comparison. Who who in the league right now is he looking like? I mean, a smaller wide receiver. So he's built like, like Odell. Brandon Cooks. I mean, no, he's he's built yeah. like Odell because Odell's under six foot. Um, he can go across the middle. He's great. He's a dynamic punt returner. So I'd say like Odell meets a Tyler Lockett like mm. punt return style. Yeah. Sure. There's a question I was trying to find a specific tweet. A guy tweeted, is Jalen Rager, is he like Tavon Austin? Is he Curtis Samuel? Is he Tyreek Hill? Ooh. I think Odell Beckham is probably, I think Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham are Or the, Or DJ. I'd like to throw oh, maybe yeah. like a DJ yeah. Moore in there where he's kind of like that okay. possession guy, but like super elusive. He he just doesn't strike me as a small guy. No. Yeah. yeah. I, he's got that, I think he could be that outside. He could be an X. He's not, he's not just a slot receiver. And he, man... When he gets out in the open field, he flies. So you and I don't have first rounds, Bill, and like just even th- talking, starting prepping for this segment makes me want to trade. And I would, be, I would bet right now that Saquon or Zeke is not on my roster to start next year because of how bad I want to get back in this draft. Oh boy, I'm right there with you. He, I, you told me precast off air that you were going to talk about Chanel, and when you said Jalen Rager, I got a little chub dart going <laughs> in the bathroom. I know you love Jalen Rager. Yeah. Um, we all have our guys, and, and the exciting thing is, this year was kind of like a quote-unquote boring class. We've got so many other guys that I can think of off the top of my head that are going to be first-round potential as well. The second round this year will be just like the first round in most drafts. Uh, second sure round pick so. essentially be could be... A first last year. It's not even close. That's awesome. So those are the two that we profile this week. Anxious to see more declarations, and uh, we'll profile them as we move forward. So we've been talking a lot about uh, future prospects, but it's always good to kind of look back at the past, learn from history, folks. Um, This week in MSU-SCFL history, 2011, brings us way back eight years ago, fellas. Uh, Phil led his squad. His team name was, I thought it was Steven, 
Uh, he led his team to a 14-point victory. Another interesting team name. 141 to 127 over Rapid Ejaculator, where <laughs> Pumford's first and only playoff appearance took place. Uh, Phil would move on to face Malley that next week. Um, ben, a classic name in Merkins for Hope, um, took Lang, um, Charles Schwab team, to 132 to 105. Uh, he would later face now division rival Pelicans in the semifinals of the playoffs. Uh, Tony Romo led all QBs that week with four touchdowns and 321 yards. Was that the year that Tony Romo was on your team? Yes. Was that the year that Tony Romo yes. was injured? Fun in the championship game. Fun times. Hakeem Nix, also a big name that year, had eight catches, 163 yards, while Gronk went for six, uh, 160, and two touchdowns. My, how things have changed. Jeez. Sean Green, wow. Sean <laughs> Green and Marshawn Lynch each went over 115 yards in scores for TDs as well. A lot of fun to reminisce, too. Can, uh, before we wrap things up here, Sean Green, I think this is an easy one. Big Ten team. Um, who, who knows which team he played for? Sean Green. Sean Green. S-H-O-N-N. Iowa. Iowa, correct. I was going to say Iowa, yeah, too. Yeah, very good. Iowa it is. So that wraps it up. Uh, 2011 seems like just a, a few moments ago. God, that Christmas um, Eve was so bad. Man. Like, I'm mad at Andy right now. <laughs> But like that Must is have been times one devastating. That's times one thousand. That was a collarbone, right? Be- yeah, and the, and I had a team like Bill where everyone the whole year was like, "It's Berg's year, it's Berg's year." La da 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 da. Well, it wasn't just Berg's year. It was you only needed a few points, didn't you? Like it was going. You in, needed like eleven or something, like just a touchdown just and some yards. The worst. What was the Rogers year? Was that you too? <laughs> so I had a stack team. Yeah. So I had Rogers and Julio, and my team was amazing. And that and that's the one year that Rogers got hurt. Yep. When was that? Colorado. I can't remember. That was I was living was. at Rose Street. So I was that in was Colorado. Like 2013. Well, like was it? Week, yeah, 2013. What did he get 2012. Week seven or eight? Yeah, it was just like a mid-season. Uh, okay, I can't remember. I had to recover. Like, and yeah. I was like down, or I was up two points, and I was like, yes. oh, it's over, over, over. And I had Raj. And I bigger picture that. though, bigger picture Were they though, both like collarbones. What? I think it was his one. Romo and then Julio was. got hurt. Yeah, Rogers was collarbone, and so was Julio, or so was Romo. Romo. But Julio got hurt shortly thereafter, and that was the year also that um, I had. Uh, who did I discover that was? Oh, um, Chris Johnson. No, um, Jordan Reed, and like oh, he, he yeah, had blown yeah. up in tight end for me, and yeah, just <clears throat> not meant to be. Yeah. yeah, it's fun looking back, but uh, I think the theme is you know playoffs are are rounding out. It's all about. One, it is about skill, picking up players throughout the year, making some trades, but it's also about luck. And luck, Lady Luck, will be on one of six team squads. We've got four playing this week, so when we come back, we will be talking about the wild card weekend in the MSUSCFL. So bat down the hatches and strap it in, boys.
So that's it. Round one. The Sweet Six, as uh, we may or may not call it. Uh, there are no teams on the bye in Week 14, thankfully. Thursday night, we know, pitches the Cowboys versus the Bears ongoing. Uh, late Sunday night games, Chargers-Jags, Steelers-Cardinals, Titans-Raiders, and Chiefs-Patriots. Uh, Sunday night football, Seahawks-Rams probably would have been more relevant if uh, Lang was playing this week. Um, but Andy obviously has a lot to on the line, Sunday night football. And then Monday night features the Giants at the Eagles. There's some... Some stuff there with the Rovers, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings us right in. First matchup, we're going to talk about the four versus the five. Pelicans go nine and four. Godfather goes nine and four. On the year, though, the Pelicans were one and one in head to head, but ten and three on a week to week basis against Godfather. Wow. Currently mm-hmm. favored as uh, by about nine points. Pelicans, if you're just looking at their squad, kind of their year long metrics. Thirteen weeks. We've got a lot of numbers in now. Points for. 130 a week. He's fourth in the league. The fourth is his schedule. His all plays the sixth best. Uh, he had seven weeks above that league average for the week. He had two high scores where he led the league, and his four highest scores are 186, 174. Those led the league that week. 166, 162. That actually makes it so he's had four scores above the Godfather's highest score on the year because mm-hmm. the Godfather's highest score on the year is actually 155. Um, but he he can put up some stinkers too. He's yeah. put up the league's lowest score of the week once when he scored 76. He's also put up two others below 90. Um, and then that rolls right into the Godfather. He averages about 116 a week, which is good for ninth in the league. He's had the second easiest schedule. Is all plays ninth in the league. He's had four weeks above the league average, but three of those weeks he had the highest score. And then when you're looking at his low scores too, he's had 82, 86, 93. On the higher end, 155, 151, 140, 131. What say you guys about Man. this matchup? I, I kind of think I know what Ben might say. Well, here's what I'm going to I'm actually going to start by focusing on the Pelicans. This is yeah. a team that some could criticize for, for not taking any risks. And when I look at his roster currently, he's going to start Bo Scarborough hmm. and Odell Beckham's on the bench. I think that needs to be done. He's starting Devontae Parker over Odell, and Devontae Parker's been good. He's been putting up. If Pat can do that and stick to that, that could be the key to winning this matchup because I think he so frequently goes with paper, and I don't know that you could blame him, Mm -hmm. but Odell has been so subpar this year. He's averaging 12 points a week and only has one week above 20. It's so shocking. You take us back two years. No one would have ever, ever guessed that. He was like the most rock solid WR one. If you start a dynasty league this year, would he go in the first round? I wouldn't. Take I him. wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him at all. I think Lou got like, him this year in the second round in the. In I the think league. like I uh, think second would be even. I don't know. I think I, on I, dynasty I, ones like Mike Tom, Mike Thomas was the only one that's in the dynasty ADP in the top twelve. It's kind of flipped to. Yeah. Running back heavy, yeah. Because it goes Mike Thomas, and then I think it goes Nuke. I mean, if yeah. I'm if I'm taking a Cleveland Brown wide receiver, I'd I'd wait out on Jarvis Landry. To be honest with you, I'd rather have him than. Odell. So, <clears throat> my point is, if Pat, interest. if Pat can make those decisions, I think that's what the matchup comes down to. Man, the, the how quickly David Johnson's gone to irrelevant is insane as well. So the fact that he has to start Bull Scarborough is insane, and I think mm-hmm. I can speak from experience. Austin Eckler. That that guy's like, just a fantasy enigma. He'll he'll 
put up. He's guaranteed 20 points. All he does yeah. is catch like That's seven. That's all he does. His lowest point total for the year is five. His highest point total is 39. So, I mean, he's only put up one um, stinker throughout the whole season, which was, uh, which was the five-pointer. Everything else was double digits for Eckler. Wow. And it's just PPR? Um, it's just PPR, yeah. And it, even with Melvin Gordon back, like it, it hasn't impacted him a whole lot. Um, I see this matchup, I think, on paper. Like, when you first glance at it, you're like, ooh, Pelicans with the, the huge edge. Like, this is going to be game over. But as you start to dive in deeper, even though, like, an Austin Eckler um, isn't super sexy or even Robert Woods has had a down year, Kyle Rudolph for that matter, um, I still think this is a close matchup. Um, I don't want to be a homer as far as uh, family members go, but I, I think this one's going to be – uh, a nail biter. I think it's going to be closer um, than maybe the eye can see, and I think that one of the reasons being is because that running back position is so slim for the Pelicans. I think that really hurts him. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph can perform, John Brown can perform, and Eckler. And even though these names aren't the sexiest, I still think they compete. Um, I'm going to go with Lady Luck right now, and, and I'm going to give it to the Godfather. So let me throw a question at you while we're talking Godfather. Rudolph has performed while Thielen's been out, but not while he's been playing. Mm-hmm. If Thielen comes back and plays, is he worse overall than he would be otherwise? Because Rudolph has been putting up stinkers when Thielen's been playing. I assume he'd play Thielen. And even if he doesn't, I think Rudolph he's got to play Thielen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to impact Rudolph for sure. Uh the thing is, then he's going to have to make a decision between... He's got Noah Fant, who can be good. He can be stinky. Yeah. Uh, he's got Seattle's um, tight end, who's kind of caught on a little bit. Hollister, and then even um, Smith, who for the Tennessee Titans has kind of somewhat emerged, but yeah. can be quiet at times. So okay. That's a hard decision yeah. for him. But I also think Zach Ertz can kind of... Um, he's just kind of taken a, a major hit, I think, his, his age. He's kind of on the downslope of the... Sure the curve um so that's an area for pelicans even so um with the big name i still don't think it's as strong as as it could be well let me throw this at you gun to your head yep do you stack golf with woods against the seahawks and play golf or do you play mayfield versus the Bengals? worst team in the it's league? such a hard call gun it's to your head such a hard call About to blow out your brains uh i think i i think i roll golf golf out there yeah. um he got me there I, I roll the stack. Okay. 19 targets is too sexy to not. Let's flip it for one more to you. Do you start Ryan versus the Panthers or Jameis versus the Colts? <clears throat> That's such a tough one, too, because I don't think he has a clear wide receiver or quarterback who could go above it. I'm always a sucker for the stack, so I think I'd go all in on the Evans-Winston stack. Yeah. But Carolina, I saw a tweet that was really cool that um, – had the t- uh, Matt Miller tweeted it out, and it was the teams that have been involved in the most um, uh, top 12 fantasy outputs, and the Panthers were a team that's always involved in, like, shootouts, and so are the, you know, so I don't know that, I'm going with the stack. I'm going right. to Jameis. Okay. All right. Well, I think that wraps up that matchup. Let's talk about the 3-6. Humpty Humps versus the Rovers. Humpty Humps, 9-4 and four in the year. Rovers get a win last week to go 8-5. and five. On the year against each other, Humpty beat the Rovers uh, in the one matchup, and he's 7-6 and six in all play against the Rovers. But the Rovers are favored by 8 points this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humpty's averaging 127 a game or 128. Rovers are averaging 138 a game. Rovers have the second highest points for 
Mali, as we know, had the easiest points against, but Port had the third easiest points against. Uh, Mali's all play, seventh in the league at about 56%. Not a huge difference in percentage because Rovers were at 61%, but that was second best in the league. They both have eight weeks above the week, the week average. And the highest scores, I think, is where you see a difference in this team, in these teams. Because lowest scores, they've both had one in the 90s. They've both had uh, a couple more in the low hundreds. Mali with 101, 105. Port with 110, 112. But the top end, if Port's team goes off, he's put up 204, 200, 167. All three of those scores are better than any of Mali's highest scores. Mm-hmm. He's put up 161, 157, 141, 140. All of those weeks probably good enough to get done or at least make you feel good about your chances. But there's a huge difference there in terms of the first 13 weeks on what the ceiling is. How do you think that factors in in this matchup this week? Gosh, this is a this is an interesting one. I yeah. mean, I, I think both of these teams are super strong. I like both rosters, and I think it's kind of a coin flip for many of them. And I was just kind of looking down the line of, who I'd rather have. I'm kind of looking at matchups and stuff, and it, it's so hard for me to tell um, because I, I do like, like, Olavion Bell, great pickup for the Rovers. He's going against Miami. He can blow up. Christian McCaffrey is pretty much guaranteed 20 points every week, so I, ha- I have no doubt that he's going he's gonna to be just fine. I do start to have a little bit of question marks as I kind of go down that roster. Like, and Alshon Dreffer, yeah, he's, he's busting out 28 points last week. Is that sustainable? They played Miami. I just don't know. And then you've got Golden Tate coming off an injury, um, and I just don't know on that end, too. I, I like Mark Andrews. So, like, there's things about the team I like, but then I do have some question marks. And then I look on the other side. You've got Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Jackson is going up against a Buffalo D. Aaron Rodgers is going up against the Redskins. Who do you play? Like, there's just some question marks I have there. Um, as I look down his roster, too, I am liking some of the matchups as far as wide receiver goes. So Stefan Diggs is playing the Detroit. I expect a huge game whether Thielen plays or not. Uh, Julian Edelman in, in Kansas City and then Tyreek Hill in, um, in that game too. I see some huge major points from those wide receivers um, alone. And then you look at George Kittle. He's playing the same. <coughs> it is seriously like, I, I mean, just a tough, tough uh, prediction for me. If I've got a gun to my head... Um, I like the strength a little bit more on the wide receiver end um, and a slight edge to Lamar Jackson or Rodgers, whoever it depends on whoever he wants to play. Um, even though Carson Wentz is playing the Giants, I still give the edge to the Humpty Humps. I think it's going to be close, but Humpty Humps, I think, in a very, very close matchup. I mean, this is a flip a coin week yeah. for me. Well, on that note, let me correct one thing before we flip it to Berg, see what he thinks. The... Um, the lines on these games have actually changed since when we put the sheet together. Okay. Uh, the Pelicans are actually favored by 18 now. Oh. And surprisingly enough, uh, both teams have all their players, it looks like, submitted as they'll play them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Port is only favored by .8 instead of the 8 that he was before. So truly okay. a toss-up. Yeah, it's a close one. It is, and I think for me... Um, like I said, I love the stack. So I love the, the Wentz. To, having Alshon Jeffrey back has added a nice dynamic where um, you can see Carson Wentz actually helping out Christian McCaffrey. Um, McCaffrey has single-handedly carried this team from times. Keenan Allen is usually really solid, and he has been down with Phillip Rivers on sharp decline. 
Mally's team for me, I know that Ports is like high, high ceiling. Mally's team is more boomer bust because, like you mentioned, Brian, the wide receiver position to me is really exciting. But you've seen Stefan Diggs and, and, and Hill have three, four, or five point games. So this, the floor is really low as well. Some reason right now, my gut is just telling me it's uh, Aaron Jones, Lamar Jackson, and one of Dig- Diggs or Hill blowing up that gets humps over the edge. I think that, that covers it thoroughly. They have a huge game. Mm-hmm. Really difficult to predict on this one. Julio Jones not starting for the Rovers. Right now? Yeah. Who does he have in his place? Golden Tate. And Tate's coming off an injury. He did practice, so... I think Julio was trending towards playing, but I haven't seen anything today to see if that's changed. He was talking to Port. I mean, his wide receivers have been dinged up. He hasn't had T.Y. since about week Mm -hmm. six or seven. Mm -hmm. You know, Alshon's been out. Julio's been... eh. Looks like limited at practice today, but that's the thing with Julio. You never uh, know. You, you were a former owner. It seems like he never practiced. No, and that, the week. Atlanta's pretty good with him on that. Like that wouldn't be a, a shock to me if he plays. I mean, even if he does, he, he threw up the last three weeks: eleven, fourteen, ten. I mean, those aren't terrible numbers. But if you're throwing out Julio and you're in the playoffs, like you, you're looking for over fifteen. Yeah, so hope, yeah, you're hoping for fifteen. Yeah, more. right. So. That's gonna be a t- that's gonna be the game of the week for me. I know both games are gonna be fun to watch. Um, I can't wait to see what what we have in store for next week. Burks, who do you have as Brent of the week? There are some worthy candidates in week fourteen. My Brent of the week would be just the K family. <laughs> I think we're I think with the, the text message uh, scandal and the <laughs> ratty move to in a in a must win week to submit your lineups like he did that's something I'll never forget and our squad will remember and and we're gonna look to bury him in the future so the K family for me see I think it's appropriate in that Justin hasn't really been the Brent of the week so much as he's been Brent of 2019 the year. and we have you know. Our Dundees, our MSCFL, you know, awards coming up in a future cast, and I, th- I think it may be more appropriate. Absolutely. I, th- I think he might get the nod for the year. He might. <laughs> well, loved it again, as always. You guys know what to do. Call your mom. See you next week. Well, yeah. See you Break me down. You got a lovely face. We're going to your place. And now you got to freak me out. Scream so loud. Getting fucking laid. You want me to stay. But I got to make my way. Hey, y'all crazy bitch, but you're so good. I'm on top of it when I dream. I'm doing you all night.